Hey, is wine your thing? Do you wish there was an app that would tell you the perfect wine to go with whatever meal you're having for dinner? I can't help you with that. What I can help you with, if you're looking for the coolest in professional wrestling apparel, head over to letswrestle.ca and visit our good friends at Let's Wrestle Apparel. They will hook you the fuck up. They can make you custom shirts. You could have shirts for your whole wrestling team and look like a bunch of studs. If you have a wrestling school and all your guys just have like matching shirts, it just makes you look more professional. And that's what this business is, right? It's professional wrestling, not look like a goddamn chump wrestling. So head over to letswrestleapparel.ca, get shirts for your whole team, or even just get one for yourself. They have so many cool designs. But regardless, head over there. It's letswrestle.ca. They're an independent company based out of Canada, hence the .ca. And tell them your boy Ethan HD sent you. Now let's start the show. And it's episode number eight. Uh, very stoked to be here in the new year. This is the first episode of 2021, uh, which can only, at worst, be the second worst year that's ever happened in our lifetimes. So, if nothing else, there's that. My guest this episode is Alexander Hammerstone. You've probably seen him on MLW. You may know him from Pro Wrestling Noah. Uh, dude travels all over the U.S. You've probably just seen him at a local indie show that you're at. Uh, dude is just a goddamn beef castle. Uh, I've known the guy for years. Super excited to have him on the podcast. Um, also, this podcast, like every episode of this podcast, is recorded live at my comic book shop, Destiny City Comics, located in the beautiful, from some angles, Tacoma, Washington, uh, right across the street from the Tacoma Temple Theater, where New Japan held night one of the Best of the Super Juniors. Um, also, uh, to humble brag, it's also where I wrestled Jushin Thunder Liger, and that's one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life. So, you know, very, very happy that that's happened. Um, that being said, if you want to support me, you know, uh, you can always buy something from the shop. Go to DestinyCityComics.com or check us out on Instagram, which is just Destiny City Comics. It'll have all of our current inventory on there. You can shoot me an email and say, yo, I would love to get this Batman book you have or this, you know, Braun Strowman action figure I saw posted on your on your Instagram. And I can send you an invoice through PayPal, through Cash App, whatever. And then I will just mail it to your, your goddamn door. It's uh, simple as that. Um, otherwise, if you just want to support the podcast, you can oh, monetarily support the podcast. You can always just send me money via Cash App, uh, EthanHD312, dollar sign, EthanHD312, that's the cash tag. Um, or you can always just support it by sharing the links, telling a friend about it, uh, whatever the case be, just getting the word out, rating and reviewing always helps as well. Um, one of the coolest things about having this shop is uh, people just know where I'm at during the day, and sometimes people just stop in and say what's up and for the first time in nine months i got to see my best friend uh my friend aaron uh he used to wrestle as aaron bolo and since the pandemic i have not seen him we've just texted each other and talked on the phone a few times um uh, we just haven't seen each other and he came by and it was just nice like talking face to face with me wearing masks but it was just really nice talking face to face with him it was like three hours of just hanging out in the shop and catching up on what our families have been up to, what we've been up to in our lives, um, what we're doing to just kind of stay sane during this whole pandemic. And it was just really nice and absolutely made my day. And uh, I'm just very grateful for it, you know. And these these interactions aren't as, uh, as frequent as we like and as frequent as they used to be. And I definitely think, you know, when, when you do have the chance to connect with somebody um, that you haven't seen in a while, it's just nice to... To really, I guess, savor it, enjoy it, and appreciate it for for what it is. Um, but like I said, uh, the guest this episode is Alexander Hammerstone. Uh, one of my favorite memories with Alex is uh, back when this company in Oregon, WCWC, was running shows. They would do a Saturday in Portland and Sunday in Salem. And then we would have um, to stay overnight at a hotel in Portland. And uh, at the time, I was super big into going to the gym. I, I still kind of am. But like, 
for whatever reason, I was like obsessed with it. And we decided, me, Hammerstone, and Danny Duggan decided we were going to go to the gym Sunday morning before the show because we had to get a workout in. And we ended up uh, convincing the, the airport shuttle driver to drive us to the gym. Uh, and then uh, Santiago was like, I'll pick you guys up later. And we, so we talked uh, Mike into picking us up. Uh, but yeah, so we talked the shuttle driver to taking us to this gym that was the only one that was 24 hours. So it's like four in the morning and we're on the shuttle. We get to this gym, which clearly is just an old grocery store that was just gutted out. And like, but I mean gutted out, like literally like all the drywall uh, panels that drop in were just taken out. The linoleum had just been scraped up. So it was just exposed concrete and like chunks of glue where like the linoleum had been glued down and there's there's nobody there like we show up and there's nobody watching the front desk uh, but the door's unlocked it's wide open so we just walk in and just start working out you know there's nobody to pay the drop-in fee to and so we start working out and i would say we were probably working out for a good 30 35 minutes or so and this guy marches into the gym and yells at us for making too much noise. Uh, hasn't acknowledged that we probably didn't pay to get in. But just yells at us like, why are you guys making all this noise? And you guys were here earlier and people are complaining about you. And, uh, you know, like, obviously we're we're in shape. And we, I like to think we look like wrestlers. But we we clearly weren't there earlier in the day. And so we're like, well, we don't know who you're confusing us with, um, other than maybe there's some other wrestlers who'd been there earlier. And so we're trying to explain to him, like, we weren't here earlier, and we're not exactly sure, like, what your your deal is or whatever. Uh, and then finally, he just, like, was like, fine, like, you know, I'm not going to kick you guys out, but if I hear any, any sound out of you or any noise out of you, I'm calling the cops. And I guess that to me that was odd, because it's a gym. And we're, we're going to make some noise. You know, you've given us these giant chunks of metal to pick up, move up and down on an exposed concrete floor. And so I guess after that was kind of like the quietest we've we ever worked out. Um, also, on top of that, I was decided I was going to train legs with hammer because I wanted to prove how I guess how much of a gym bro I am or how legit I am. And so he's like, oh, we're doing legs, which is always a bad idea before you before you wrestle. And we ended up doing, I believe, 10 sets of 10 reps. And I was still good to go. And so we ended up doing, I think, yeah, either a couple more sets of, like, leg extensions or leg curls. And every second of it sucked. And it sucked for a few days after. Uh, But, hey, I I made it through. And we didn't get the cops called on us for working out at 4.30 in the morning. Uh, So I'm going to count that as a win. Um, last thing I want to talk about before uh, we jump into the interview with Hammer uh, is, as always, big shout out to the folks at All In. Head over to drinkallin.com. Um, they are a Seattle-based energy drink company. They're my favorite energy drink company, not just because they support the podcast, but they're just, it's the right amount of, of caffeine, I feel like. It's not like a giant 16-ounce, it's more like a smaller Red Bull can. But it, because of that, I only drink it when I'm tired or I just need a little kick. I don't drink it just because I'm thirsty. And so I find I'm not over-consuming caffeine, which as I get older, caffeine is hitting me harder and harder. And uh, my heart and vascular system are making that very clear to me. Uh, but yeah, big fan of them. Head over to drinkallin.com. Use the discount code EthanHD312, and they will give you 25% off your order don't say I never do anything for you. Consider this like a, a belated Christmas gift. Or, you know, fuck it, even just starting off your new year with some new energy drinks uh, from the folks at All In. Um, that being said, I don't want to waste any more of your time. Let's jump into the interview with Hammer. So I'm here with Alexander Hammerstone. Uh, thank you for taking time out doing this. Um, obviously, people know you from like MLW, from Noah, just from kind of being all around the, all I guess all around wrestling, really. Um, how are you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing pretty good right now, brother. How, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Uh, for those who don't know, we met, what, like, fuck, like eight years ago at WC or? Yeah, it was a, it was a hot minute. <laughs> 
Yeah, good old Salem, Oregon. (laughs) (laughs) The wrestling hotbed, Salem, Oregon. Yeah, it's well, the Northwest actually is a little bit of a hot spot. Well, I mean, it's at least got a couple good things going on in there. But yeah, back in the day, we were part of basically the only thing happening out there. (laughs) Yeah, right. We're wrestling at like a weird, unheated theater. (laughs) And that was like, that was the, the big time in Oregon. That I mean, at the time, that was I think that was the big time for kind of all of us. Like I was, that was the coolest thing I had done at that point. Oh, for sure, yeah. Between like Dub C and Paragon, I was like, oh, this is like, this is like real wrestling now. Like we're out of the the middle school gyms and the VFW halls. <laughs> we're here in Samstown, world famous Samstown. Yeah, I, I always get a kick out of it that there's still people who, you know, I'll see on Twitter every once in a while or like a YouTube comment like, yeah, I've been watching Hammerstone ever since Dub C or I've been, I first started watching him from Paragon or like, oh God, like, thank you for sticking with me through that. Yeah, I'm always so blown away by like anybody who recognizes me from like, especially Paragon, because mm-hmm. I don't even remember being able to find Paragon on television. Yeah, you you had to you had to be looking for it. You definitely weren't going to stumble upon it. Yeah, and you had to have like like the top like the third tier like cable or like satellite package to get it because it was on what pop. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like Saturday at like seven in the morning or some shit. Yeah, right? we were. I think we were basically like competing with paid programming. It was us and the, mean, te- the. Technically, we were paid programming. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> We were competing with the Sham Wow guy. That was the that yep. was the real ratings war. <laughs> he was pulling like I think like a point two five, and we were pulling and like he a high. Smoked us. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. But where where is he now? Where is he now? <laughs> too soon. Too soon, guys. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> no, the Sham Wow guy. He's still alive. You're thinking of uh, Billy Mays. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Billy. Yeah, Billy Mace kicked the bucket. Shit, wow, guy, I think he's in jail. Well, you know, twenty twenty uh, is, is a strange year. <laughs> it's holy, fu- the wildest fucking year. Uh, literally, like I saw on Twitter earlier, my wife hit me up. And she's like, "Do you know who MF Doom is?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, the rap." She's like, "He's dead." Twenty twenty coming in at the buzzer. Jeez, <laughs> gotta get the it's gotta get its last uh, punches in. Right. Um, but yeah. Oh, so I just got to backtrack a little bit. So for those who like, uh, who never saw Paragon, it was essentially this, like this, just a TV wrestling product. It was kind of, it was very cool looking, but at the same time, like very nondescript. Like I don't think it ever had its own flavor. It just oh, looked no. like TV wrestling. Uh, like, what's your favorite like Paragon memory? Uh, man, um, I. <sighs> I'm trying to like think back if there's like anything that really stands out. Like, um, I mean, I don't have a lot of like favorite memories. Like the, the best memories like are really like just backstage stuff, like with the boys, because like, I re- I just remember it being like so frustrating and such like a nightmare, like behind the scenes, you know what I'm saying? Um, like dealing with it. And it was just always like that feeling of like looking at, the money that was going in and some of the talent that was coming in and out of this place and realizing like what it could potentially be. And then just never seeing that come to fruition because like bad decision-making or, 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 you know, things of that nature. I, I, I guess like one of the, the biggest pops for me uh, was, you know, I, I quit. I, I got into a, a, you know, pretty heated, uh, little argument with uh, the owner of the company i ended up quitting and then somebody <laughs> like i got like uh, all these like messages one night and like are you okay and, like some of them were like from fans and they they wrote me off tv in such a strange way like they didn't explicitly say that i died but it was like the way it was presented like came off like in memory of <laughs> and it was like i was just gone and they had like this like weird titantron segment where it was like implied that i had like died and so like i remember just one night getting all these weird messages from fans and they're like making sure i was okay so i guess i guess that's my favorite memory is knowing that i quit to be my way of r- being written off tv was implying that i died 
I like they just killed the character off. <laughs> it's the Charlie Sheen treatment. Like, do I have men? They right? just killed off the character completely. But yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I feel the same. Like those those like dub C Paragon shows, like the the wrestling was kind of like whatever. Like it wasn't bad, but it was just like for whatever reason hard, I feel like, to have like an absolute banger there. But oh, yeah, yeah, like the locker room was like the most fun part. Like those weekends were like awesome. Because mm-hmm. it would be like uh like the Portland taping would be like Saturday, and then like we do the Salem House show and then fly out Monday to Vegas. So it was like four days of just kind of like hanging out with the same crew. And like, especially like TV, it's like, it's a ton of just get there early to, to hurry up and wait. Oh yeah. And, and of course, like they took it to the extreme. Like I, you know, I've worked for like some of the top wrestling, you know, I've worked basically for every wrestling company at some point in some fashion, you know, some of those might've been just really small extra talent roles, but you know, I digress. You still get some of the experience and just Paragon took it to the extreme of like, Hey, we're taping TV at 7 PM tonight. So we have a 7 AM call time. <laughs> and it's just like, what? Like you just be there all day. And like, uh, yeah, it was, it was just a bit of a nightmare, but a lot of good memories, you know, in retrospect. And I always do have to give you know that place credit that and dub c for just learning how to work tv because that's a skill that as i've moved forward in wrestling um you realize a lot of people in the indies don't have and they you know they have to they you know especially nowadays with how fast people are getting signed and how like people get like half a bit of an hour of buzz on twitter and next thing you know someone's offering them a contract and then they go do tv and they don't know how to so, you know, at least for guys like us, you know, if, for me, when it was MLW and for you, like moving forward, if something comes along, you know, ROH, MLW, Impact gives you an opportunity. Not only do you know how to wrestle, but you got the TV wrestling, like you learned how to do that at Dub C, you know, so it's like, that's a good place to learn. Yeah, right. And it's weird because there's, yeah, it's all those little things you don't think about, like, especially when you're going for the cover to like turn and face the camera. And I love seeing like even guys on like AEW Dark will like hit their big move and you'll see them like kind of spin around so that when they like go for the cover, they're facing the camera. Yep. But like, yeah, that little stuff like, yeah, pops me huge. Mm -hmm. I think I think my favorite memory from Paragon, it was you and Chamberlain and you guys were brawling with the whirlwind gents and they had devised this spot where every you guys were. It was like a big like locker room clearing brawl. And like we were taking us to the side door and the gents were going to like dive off the stage into everybody. And I remember everybody catching Remy and Jack just eating shit. (laughs) And then just in the middle of this dog pile, you just hear Jack yell. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Oh, man. This so you just made me think of something because I remember this. uh, This wasn't. um... (laughs) This wasn't Paragon, uh, but this was Dub C. And I, I'm a little bit apprehensive telling this story because I feel like people are going to like twist it into pre- being presented as some kind of like weird, like, uh... <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just going to tell it, you know, make with it what you will. Keep in mind, everybody involved was, we were all pretty close friends, but I had a lumberjack match at Dub C against Adam Thornstow, and I was the heel. So, therefore, typically, you know, if I was powering out of the match, like I was going to go to the outside and not try to get back in the ring. Whereas Adam is the baby face. If he got knocked out of the ring or bumped out of the ring, you know, he might get beat up by the heel lumberjacks, but his um, motivation was to get back into the ring. Whereas mine might be to, you know, kind of chicken shit my way out of the match and hang out on the outside and have to be forcefully thrown back in the ring by the baby face lumberjacks. Um, so whenever I got knocked out of the ring, I would just, lay on the floor be heavy and whenever anybody tried to pick me up i'd kind of just like try to tap them in uh in the nether regions <laughs> so everyone <laughs> kept trying to pick me up and i was just like it would take forever to get me back in the ring and like on tv you just see people like go over to get picked me up and then they back away <laughs> like inexplicably because the camera isn't picking up what's going on so that was uh that was my probably one of my favorite ribs i ever played at the wc locker room show <laughs> That's the old Jake Roberts self-defense move. Yep. That's where I learned it from. 100%. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was it like some like yeah post taping thing and like yeah the baby faces went to help him out and he's just flicking dicks left and right. Yep, <laughs> because we did the we ran the same angle in like four towns where like you know the the wrecking crew went and beat him up and the baby faces got him to his feet and every time <laughs> he did he pulled the same old crap. <laughs> Oh, well, so not, not to, to dwell on, on Dub C and Paragon too much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but obviously you spent a lot of time like traveling across the U S especially like the last couple years. Um, obviously this year has been a little bit different because of the, the pandemic. Not that you still haven't been going out and working a ton. Um, I guess what are the tr- differences you've noticed like in travel since like the pandemic's changed? Like, like as far as I guess like safety precautions or just even like, things that were used to be not be so inconvenient are now like a lot more inconvenient. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, obviously just in general, everything's been cut back. Well, you know, whereas before, like it was normal to, you know, have three or four shows a week. Now it's like, okay, I'm lucky to have my one, but you know, every state is a little bit different. So there's some States that have been able to run with shows with fans, with, you know, certain protocols in place, whereas other States I'm flying out and just doing like, TV tapings or, you know, tapings for an eye pay-per-view or whatever it may be with no fans in attendance. Um, you know, some places have been really strict. Some places have been completely relaxed. Like it, it's, it's weird seeing the, the difference between, you know, like MLW, for example, we had to take a test um, and send in a, a negative test to get on the plane to fly it to the tapings. And once we flew there, you know, we had to have a mask on at all times. Anytime we we're going in and out of the building, we were getting our temperature checked. We had to get past another COVID test when we got there. And then even with all of that in place, they were still like disinfecting the ring between matches. Like it was just to the point where it was like, okay, everybody in this building passed a test before they got on the plane. Then they passed a test Bef- like a rapid test at the venue why are we <laughs> soaking this ring in alcohol between every match you know but it was just like the precautions they took and like what they had to do whereas other shows i've gotten to and realized like they're not even testing people because that state didn't require it so you know you know it's not like they're breaking you know any regulations but it's just crazy to see the difference uh between places you know i Anytime, you know, I, I have a girlfriend who's in a, you know, kind of a compromised situation. So I, you know, even the shows that didn't require tests, I was getting tested just because I don't want to get her sick. But it, uh, it's just, it, it's been a bit of a nightmare. And let's just hope, let's just say, I hope it all gets like a little bit more resolved uh, in the next couple months, just because I, I don't think uh, anyone's, I just want wrestling fans to be able to go to a show and not have to worry about anything. I want them to just worry about enjoying themselves, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, I think like the biggest thing is, you know, even if they tomorrow said, uh, you know, fuck it, we're going to, we're going to let anybody just run as many shows they want concerts or, you know, comic cons, whatever. But then it's like, how many people would go and just be like paranoid the whole time or, you know, have these thoughts in the back of their mind of like, Oh God, is this, is this the day that I get COVID? But yeah. And I agree. Like to me, wrestling is one of those things where like it, you need a crowd there to get like the full experience, like watching it on, on TV or I pay-per-view is cool, but it's, it's, it's theater and it's meant to be taken in live. And yep. yeah, even at like, you know, a, a quarter capacity, you know, that's still very awkward. Not that we haven't wrestled shows where the crowd is <laughs> at a quarter capacity anyways. Uh, but yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just meant to be live theater and meant to be taken in in person. Yeah. Um, you know, and doing it without a crowd, you really realize, you know, especially like certain, you know, certain people, there's different styles of wrestling. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say one's wrong or one's right, but I, I think my style definitely uh, kind of relies on the crowd a little bit more, or I, 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 I've really realized that without a crowd that I'm, you know, I could obviously still do everything just fine, but I, I've learned that I really prefer to kind of, you know, do a, call and response as far as the crowd's reactions to thing and how that dictates um how i work my matches oh for sure yeah yeah it's because again like it's it's this performance art you know it's like doing stand-up with no crowd like the jokes (laughs) the jokes might be funny but you know no one's if no one laughs it's just uncomfortable and sometimes this borderline sounds like hate speech (laughs) 
because I, I feel like that's where like a lot of like Twitter jokes fail is somebody's you're just reading it and it just because it's so flat it just bombs oh yeah 100 percent. yeah um but yeah so how like airports are eerie now like yep is it like that everywhere like i know like SeaTac is like eerily like empty i'm assuming like yeah. the other airports are kind of that same that same way yeah from from every every time i've flown in the last uh, pretty much since September, I've been kind of like flying like a few times a month, and everything's been pretty like it's definitely quicker. You know, it, you're definitely speeding through airports way quicker. But what I found is most of them like the way it's been like working is like you know, for example, in uh, in Arizona, our our airport has like two terminals, um, and I mean four terminals, and like two of them will be like completely like shut down you know so it's like only one of them like like only like half of like the gates are even open so therefore even though the airport as a whole is like emptier it's like the areas that are still flying like have like full flights and like full gates so it's kind of annoying because you're going like you're walking through this gigantic empty airport but then you get on your plane and it's a full flight (laughs) and it's it's like well what what are we really doing here (laughs) yeah right at the end of the day it's like okay we we, okay we separated we've isolated and now we're all in this big pressurized tube (laughs) but you know i mean i get it though like you know at at this point i think every business is just doing whatever they can to to stay afloat and survive and you know i get even airlines for as much money as they they have it's it's an expensive business to run so you still have to make money where you can exactly yeah it's just i don't it's what's so weird to me is as soon as I heard like, oh, you know, they're getting rid of, you know, uh, certain flights and it's going to be tough for airlines. Part of me was like, fuck, that sucks. But part of me was like, I think we're finally going to get rid of Spirit Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that, that that's one of those things. Like, I just don't understand. Like, I wish promoters would just, you know, mo- uh, most of them are great. But like, I wish the ones that didn't understand would just understand, like, you know, I'd rather you take $50 out of my payday and have me fly on a regular flight than have me try to fly on like Spirit or Frontier or whichever airline is going to charge me to print my freaking boarding pass. Yeah, right. Because I think Spirit's not even like cheaper in the long run. Because And you have to pay to like even have a carry-on. Like it's, yeah. it's not worth it. I remember like trying to book a flight and I was like, oh, let me see like what's it with Spirit. And yeah, they, they they charge you for like every little thing, and I was like, never mind. Yeah, I was like, not not worth it. I guess jump back to when travel was plentiful. Um, obviously, you've been all over the the U.S. Are, are there particular cities you like prefer over others? Um, I mean, like every place, like you know, there are lots of places have like you know pros and cons and things like I enjoy, but like honestly like when i travel like i don't i don't go out of my way to get out like i'm i've never been one of those persons like who's really interested in like sightseeing per se um so like you know if i if i tip tend to spend like a little bit more time in a certain place you know if uh like i'm staying somewhere for a couple days for multiple shows and like staying with the boys or and then going out to eat you know i might like have fonder memories in that certain city you know for one reason or another but for the most part like I'm the type of guy who I'm like, I fly in, I do the show and I fly home. If I have extra time, I'm going to be looking up gyms and looking up healthy eating places. And like, I'm, I'm very like business uh, regimented in that sense, because a lot of the times, like, you know, especially in the last you know year, there'd be weekends where it's like, I was like flying a red eye into the East coast and then flying back home doing a West coast show. And then another red eye, to the East coast. So it's just like, I'm just like, go, 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 make sure I have, you know, food to eat, place to sleep, place to train and in the back on the plane, you know? So, um, yeah, you know, I can say like, I, I like, I like the Northwest, like the weather's always really awesome. I like Texas a lot, you know, I've just spent, you know, like I was always training at cool gyms out there that the people were really cool. Um, but I've also had like a lot of fun on the East coast in the last year, like, I don't necessarily have any specific place I like. I think it's more about the people you're experiencing with it. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, yeah. Like with wrestling, uh, you know, it's a lot of it is like you fly in, you, you check into your hotel or maybe not even you just go straight to the venue. 
And yeah, like the majority of your experience there is just like hanging out with whoever's in the locker room. And that kind of determines like how f- some is really is the big determining factor in how fun a show was. Yeah. Is like, oh, how was everybody in the locker room? Like, oh, they were great to hang out with. They're like, everybody was a dick and everybody's got their own <laughs> little corner. And you know, you like, you don't want to change in like somebody's spot. So yeah, that, may, that makes perfect sense. But yeah, so far, like, yeah, like you're saying, like you trying to find a good place to train. Are, are you one of those people that I'm going to get my workout in no matter what? Or is it like if there's no gym, uh, I guess we're missing the day? Or are you like a hotel workout kind of guy too? Um, you know, it depends on what mood I'm in and, and stuff. Like, like especially like recently because, um, you know, because my schedule has been lighter, I've been afforded the opportunity to like really train hard most of the week so if i'm like traveling and it's going to be kind of a pain in the butt to try to squeeze a workout in like i might miss it and you know also like in the last especially the last year um you know i'm i'm going to be turning 30 in a couple weeks so it's like my body's not what it used to be and i just realized that like four or five awesome workouts a week is better than trying to push six a week or even seven and you know your body starts really fighting you and you realize there's a certain point where it's like counterproductive and you got to start worrying about injuries and and things of that nature. So it's like, why am I going to wake up early to try to go hit the hotel gym and just get like a subpar workout, you know, before my flight or before the show when I can just have an extra day off. And then when I'm home and well rested, get back to schedule, you know? Um, So it it really just depends. Sometimes I'm in the mood where it's like, yeah, I'm going to go, do a hundred reps with these 20 pound dumbbells and I, I need to just get something in. But then there's other days where I'm just like, you know, like the, I remember the first, uh, the first show I flew out to um, since March, we did this big show in Texas and cage was there and he comes up to me. He's like, we're all going to the gym. You want to go? And I'm like, no, I don't <laughs> like, it's my first show back tonight. And I want to be well rested. And I don't, I've been working out hard for the last two months. I don't need to, today missing today is not going to be the end of the world so it, it really just depends yeah that's fair because yeah, i remember like doing doing like the like the dub c and like paragon stuff and them having like that that dinky little gym in there and yeah you would see like a handful of guys that are like well i'm gonna get this workout in or oh there was even a couple times we went to that what was it called hollywood fitness or like superstar yeah fitness, uh, that weird like gym in portland that i think used to be a grocery store <laughs> Yeah, I remember um, one day like that. That was like definitely back when I was like, I trained every day, like, and it was just stupid because I was just like, there's a certain point where it's like, dude, take a rest day. But I, yeah, I remember one day, me, you, and uh, I think it was Danny Duggan. We all like had to get up like 5 a.m. to go hit the gym, and like we trained legs, and like I was just trying to murder you. <laughs> and oh, you to be fair, you kept up just fine. But <laughs> fucking right, you were. I think we did what like. 10 10 sets of 10 like for squats or something like an insane amount of of squats and like a a decent amount of reps for each set and then yeah i think like leg curls or leg extensions like yeah it sucked yeah we we were so wrestling that day and we had just wrestled four weeks of tv the day before so it's like dude why (laughs) right and i remember wrestling caleb that night and we went for the o'connor roll and i went to like back roll off him and as I got to my feet, my legs started to wobble. And I was like, oh, no. Damn it. I should have yeah, swallowed de- my pride. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely at the point now where it's like if I train in the morning and then I wrestle in the night, it's just like not necessarily like my body, but like especially if I take like caffeine before like my workout and then caffeine again before I wrestle, then it's just like I feel like my heart's going to explode through the entire match. And it's just what's the point? Yeah, <laughs> Okay, so that's that's something I want to talk about. So, do you find as you get older, you become more you've become more sensitive to caffeine? Um, so I don't. I, actually, I kind of feel it's like the opposite, just because I've been using it so long in such high amounts. Um, but if I try to use it multiple times a day, I, I don't feel sensitive in the in the necessarily like in the like stimulation of my mind, but in the stimulation of my heart. Like, I'll I'll take it and I'll still feel kind of tired, but like like I was saying earlier, you know, if I take a big amount of pre-workout before I work out and then take like another, you know, energy drink before the match a couple hours later, um, it'll like, my heart will just be racing. I'm just like, this is not, this is not good for my body. So I try to, 
I try to avoid that as much as possible these days. Yeah, I just found like for whatever reason, like may- this last year or so, if I try to like overdo it on caffeine to stay awake, I'm just sleepy, but I can feel like my heart like beating in my face. Oh yeah, dude. I'm I'm, I'm gonna say like so today uh, you know i was kind of er- busy earlier in the day um and then i took my pre-workout and i took i was feeling like really lethargic and kind of like on the fence about training but um i was planning on taking a rest day tomorrow so i took my pre-workout and i took like i, I took like two scoops and then there was like not quite enough left for a, th- a scoop in the jar so i was like eh I'll throw this in there. I just dumped the rest of it in there. So it was just a lot more than I should have taken. Get to the gym. You know, I'm sitting in the parking lot, get all my stuff together. And I start walking towards the door and someone's walking out and like, you know, it closes in like 15 minutes. I'm like, what? Yeah, they're closing early for New Year's. I'm like, damn it. Um, so on my, I was like, on my way home, I was like, well, I feel like I have so much pre-workout in my system. I don't necessarily feel like awake and stimulated, but I know it's going to stop me from sleeping. So. <laughs> you know, that's how that was. It like that dude, um, was it Jack 3D? I was going to say, like, I think that's about what put that guy in. He went, oh, yeah. You had one scoop too many. <laughs> so, uh, so obviously, like, so you've kind of started listening to your body more as you get older, as far as your, your workouts go. Have you gotten any more, I don't say like lax with your diet on the road? Or like, are you still like as stringent as you can be about that? Yeah, no, diet, like, diet's one of those things that I'm always, like, pretty, pretty tight on, and, and, you know, it's funny, because as I listen to my body bore with, like, backing off, like, on, you know, the training sometimes, um, I'm, the diet's kind of the opposite, because as I got older, I've gotten more sensitive to, like, junk food, so it's, like, if I eat something crappy, I feel, like, awful, or I'll get, certain foods will give me heartburn, or certain foods will, you know, uh, give me headaches. And it's just like, I can't get away with, um, you know, just eating a bunch of crap anymore, you know? So, um, especially like while traveling, I try my best, like really, really stay on point with it. Do you have like go-to restaurants or are you like a Brian cage and you just travel with like eight years worth of food in like a cooler? So I'll typically pack three to four meals, like full on meals. And then I'll have, oatmeal dry oatmeal packets i'll have a bunch of protein powder a bunch of protein bars um so that will be a a decent amount you know because it's like okay those four meals will get me basically an entire day plus you know protein shake if i wake up in the morning have some oatmeal with protein you know and then if i have to you know gas stations you know you get your brief jerky your fruit greek yogurts protein shakes you know whatever and then besides that you know chipotle is always a good option subway you can make it work um, if there are like certain health food restaurants um, around, you know, that can work. And then like the last ditch effort, like if, if you're after a show, you have no food left, all the boys are getting fast food. Um, typically, like sometimes what I've done and people are always like, you're freaking weird is like, I'll go to a Wendy's and just get beef patties because they have like fresh, never frozen beef, you know, with no artificial anything in it so i'll just be like uh can i get eight beef patties so i'll just eat a sit there and eat a, a pound of uh ground beef <laughs> right so yeah because i used to I remember before i went before i went vegan and turned to the dark side yeah like right as i was making the change i i learned that like you're almost better off going with like getting beef patties at fast food than like going for the grilled chicken breast because there's so much garbage like put into the grilled chicken breast that yeah. like you're almost better off just going with the beef is that yeah, the reason I mean, that you go for the beef or is that you're just a like just a it's fueling the beef castle right is that the <laughs> <laughs> uh it, it really just depends you know um, i saw that there's this guy I follow on instagram who who's always like that's his thing on the road where he's like yeah wendy's as fresh never frozen beef with no this or this or this so that's one of his go-tos you know i, I won't as, as much as i can avoid fast food like all together but you know when you're in a pinch at the end of the day like whether it's the beef whether it's the chicken or whether it's you know whatever option it's like none of it's great it's kind of like a pick your poison at that that point oh yeah i mean because it's yeah if it was good for you they wouldn't serve it like at a fast food place like it's all been pumped full of as many things as possible to get the most they can for the least real amount of, of food 
Yeah, like I'll I'll prepare. Like, I, I prepare probably you know ninety five percent of my food that I eat you know throughout the week. Um, and then it's like last night I was uh, so I'm I'm having to stay away from my house right now because my girlfriend uh, she's she just got radiation done, so I'm not allowed to be around her for a couple of days. So I'm like I'm not at home. I don't have all my typical you know surroundings. So it's kind of like throwing me off my schedule a little bit. Um, and I just. I was behind on meals and I just was like, I need to eat two more meals to get my calories in. I was like, just not in the mood. So I went to Wendy's and it's just like, I ordered a burger, you know, some chicken nuggets or whatever it was. And then like, by the time I pulled to the window, I like started rolling up my window cause I was going to wait for it. And they were handing me the bag. I'm like, there's no way, like what, how was this food done in 30 seconds? And it just goes to show they have like, it's just sitting there or they it's pre deep fried or microwaved or whatever it is. You're just like, uh, I'm just going to try not to think about it too much. But yeah, it's the wizard of Oz, like pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Yes. But yeah, great. Right? Cause it's all sitting there like in those bins, like, like it gets cooked that day and then it just sits in those like warming bins. Yeah. 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 Cause yeah, like Chipotle is like, I love Chipotle and that's my go-to, but yep. like, Oh man, 9:30 p.m. Chipotle is such a roll of the dice. Oh yeah, you, you first of all you got food that's it's like the the last stuff that's been sitting there, and that's also when you go and you're like, okay, I'll have this. Like, oh, we're out of that. Okay, well, I'll have this. We're out of that. It's like, man, like crap. Yeah, right. And especially like for for me because like my only real options like the the tofu, aka the sofritas, yeah. uh, is. It's it's such a win win lose for me because either it's nine thirty and they have it and it's like hey you guys just gonna throw out the rest of that like can you, if I order double will you just give me everything left in your bin <laughs> or, or the alternative is like oh we're out and we're not making anymore because fuck you and it's yes. like well yeah. I guess I'm I'm doubling down on these beans <laughs> but yeah do you ever do you ever try to like finagle the the extra like the it's closing time extra meat at like chipotle um yeah but at the at the same time it's like <laughs> i feel like i'm that guy who's making the joke when you're in the grocery store line like it doesn't scan you're like oh i guess it's free so it's just like i, I always I, I always definitely pull the trick where you you don't say you want double meat until they already scooped the first scoop so you have you, you know what scoop size they're working with Whereas if you like, you just, you say it from the get go and they just half scoop you and you're like, that's not double meat. That's like 1.25 times. But I, I, I just try to, I try to mind will it into them. I try to silently communicate with my, with my psychic abilities. Like you better be giving me the rest of that. And if that doesn't work, then I'm just going to take what I get. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I definitely want to touch on this. Um, so obviously went to to Noah and had this killer match with Namik Shimara Fuji, uh, who's one of my favorites. I love all the stuff him and him and Kenta did. Um, but you got over there. You were over there for like two months. Uh, about uh, like five or six weeks. Is that like probably that's almost that's like the longest you've been like out of the country? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> How did you prepare for that? Like knowing you're going to be away from home for like five or six five weeks, weeks, like. Um, I mean, obviously you can't meal prep for that long or whatever, but are there certain like creature comforts you took with you? You probably wouldn't normally take if you were just being gone a couple days or was it just, ah, I'm just going to pack some extra clothes and I'll figure it out when I get there. Uh, a little bit more of the second, you know, that was my third trip to Japan, but it was definitely the longest I was going to be over there. So, I, you know, you just kind of have to realize like, I'm just going to have to learn what I'm, I don't know. Um, and you just hope for the best, you know, about the only comfort I took that I don't normally take is my iPad. Cause I knew I was going to spend some downtime watching Netflix, but uh, yeah, man, it was a lot of, uh, a lot of figuring it out as I went. Fair. Yeah. Fair enough. And so, um, and I, yeah, I guess this actually I'm going to talk about too, is the, so you say you brought your iPad over, you watch a lot of Netflix. Do you, do you use a VPN? to like kind of skirt game the system when you're over there or are you just like we're just gonna see what's on netflix japan just gonna see what's on netflix japan i didn't use any kind of vpn or anything anything like that um which works to your advantage a little bit sometimes because sometimes the foreign countries have cooler stuff um and sometimes it, it, it bites you in the ass you know there's some shows i wanted to watch that weren't there and then there's some shows that i was watching while i was over there that when i got home i realized isn't available in the united states i was like crap i didn't get to finish that um 
but you know you just kind of roll the dice you end up watching when you spend that much time alone in a japanese hotel room you end up scraping the bottle of the barrel of netflix regardless that's true yeah because when i was over in india and it, it definitely just became like i will watch what the fuck ever <laughs> yes yep because yeah at that point you're just like anything to just keep myself sane and entertained and just make the time go by um yep. When you're over there, was was Netflix like your go-to for killing time, or like did you find like other things to do while you were over there to kind of like occupy yourself? So we stayed really busy for the most part. Like, um, you know, like there was times when we were, you know, on the tour bus going to a different city every night, different hotel every night. Um, it was really just towards the tail end of the tour that we had a lot of downtime, and I think our our longest stretch of downtime was only six days in a row, so it still wasn't that bad. Um, but Dr. Wagner Jr. or Heho Day Dr. Wagner was over there. And so we spent a lot of time hanging out. And basically, like, it got to the point where I had a routine where, like, get up, you know, I'd make breakfast. You know, we'd hit the gym and then, like, kind of take an afternoon nap. And then it was like it, maybe a sponsor would take us out to dinner or something or just chill in the room, maybe do some cardio, you know, or yeah, Netflix, you know, that, that during that stretch, Netflix was definitely like a lot, but. I got, you know, that six day stretch was rough, you know, being, cause you, you're just like, man, I have nothing to do. Japanese hotel rooms are tiny, you know, you get, let's get kind of a uh, cabin fever going on a little bit. It's uh it's funny because Noah actually hit me up. They wanted me to go out there this February. Um, but because of COVID and everything, there's, there's tour schedules drastically reduced so they wanted me over there for two weeks, but there was only two shows. It was basically like, come in, do the first show, have 13 days, 12 days or 13 days off, then do the second show, then go home. And I was like, oh, that's pushing it. That's going to be really rough. But like, I decided, you know what? I really want to keep, you know, like a presence over there. Um, so I said yes to it. And then after I agreed, they're like, oh, and by the way, you have to quarantine for two weeks when you first get here. So it was basically fly in quarantine for two weeks then have a show then 12 days off then have another show it's like you know it's not worth it like i will they they offered a little bit more money but i was just like no like i just i'll go insane i'll go insane sitting in a hotel room that long oh yeah because at that point you're essentially quarantining twice yeah exactly <laughs> and also i wasn't sure you know what the you know, for all I know, I'm going to get over there and realize the gyms I want to go to are closed and, you know, restaurants don't work this way, you know, or that way. And I, I wouldn't, you know, being a foreigner, not speaking the language, not being able to necessarily keep up on, you know, COVID regulations or, or what's expected of me in public places. I, you know, I don't want to, you know, offend anyone or make anyone mad or, or represent the company badly in any way like that, you know. So just I just realized, you know, like as much as I want to get back over there, now is not the right time. Oh, for sure. And it, it like, especially, I guess, like when you're when you're a country where you just absolutely don't speak the language. Like, I feel like as an American, like almost by default, you learn like enough Spanish to kind of like get the gist of what people are saying or like ask for certain things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, being in a country where you speak none of the language. <laughs> yeah. and, and especially like, yeah, if you're like a place like Japan, it was like a lot of busy cities. And you don't necessarily have somebody like to sit there and like hold your hand through stuff. It's like, yo, you gotta, you gotta fucking go. The exactly. second somebody like says something to you in like a language you do not understand in the least bit, and there's zero context clues, it's immediately like, oh fuck, like what, yes. what do I do? <laughs> yep, for sure. So yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't blame you at all for not wanting to go. And, and yeah, also a, a month away from home for two shows, it feels like a lot of. <laughs> A lot of just kind of, I don't want to say wasted time, but, you know, it's but essentially... Wasted time. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, right. It's like, this is time I could be spending with, like, my loved ones or doing things I like. Yeah. Uh, or just being able to order Uber Eats. Yeah, any, any of the, <laughs> the normal comforts. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess, like, the last time you are over there, like, obviously, you're a massive fucking dude. Um did you draw a lot of attention from like people in Japan or are they just kind of like so, so caught up in their own thing that they're not like seeing this giant, like jacked white dude just wandering the streets? Yeah. I mean, you, I definitely stuck out, you know? Um, and 
the the culture over there, like it's it's almost like when you're walking around and you're they they know you're probably a wrestler, you know. Um, so you know some places, you know some places that it's you know you sit down and people are really like cool and they want to take pictures with you and the, you know they they think it's really awesome and they're asking for autographs. And then other places like you're just kind of not welcome, like you know, it, it, or not necessarily not welcome, but like. I'll put it this way. Like when we trained at like gold's gym or something like that, like people thought it was so cool. Like they'd come and like work out with us or, you know, take pictures with us. And like, it was really cool. But by the hotel we were staying at, um, the, the closest gym we went to was kind of like a family type rec center. And it was just like, seemed like people were just kind of annoyed, like, because obviously like I, I trained really hard and, I trained like, I, I remember like we were doing squats and like you put on one plate, you know, you're doing it. And then you put on two plates and people are kind of looking, then you put on three plates. And I remember when I put on four plates, the girl from the front desk, like came over and was like, she wasn't like watching. She was just kind of like standing in the vicinity and like just staying there. And I'm like waiting for her to go away. And, uh, took, I took forever. Like I was like, I'm waiting her out. And I had to wait about 10 minutes. And she finally went to the fucking front and then I remember as soon as I unracked this this weight and I like stepped up to squat, she sprinted from the front like over to me. And I like finished my set and rack it and I rack it and I turn around and she just like turned like she wasn't looking at me and walked away. And I'm like, is is this not allowed? You know? <laughs> like people would like get like they just kind of like there's like kind of a bit of like like they're kind of just like watching what you're doing and kind of like can't tell if they're pestered or mystified or whatever, but um, yeah, so some places it was definitely like like a cool thing, and other places it was kind of like, all right, like I feel like they're probably probably just mad at me at this point. Yeah, I, well, that's weird too. Is like being an American overseas. There's such a strong stigma about America that yep. until you leave the country, I don't think most Americans realize is there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the, the stigma, like in America, I think most most Americans who've never left the country feel like it's like, Oh, other countries are just jealous of us or like they resent us. And then you go over there and it's like, no, they're just like already sick of me. (laughs) (laughs) Like I've just landed and they're already kind of over my bullshit. But yeah, that's wild though. That like, yeah, she didn't like say anything. She just, no, she didn't say anything. She just was kind of like, like, I was like, who knows? I don't know if she was just like, worried i was gonna fail the lift or drop the weight or i don't know what it was but i still remember it like to this day because after that i was like you know what i'll stick with leg press because i was just so frustrated threw off my whole lift maybe she was trying to figure out like what's english for like do you need a spotter and she like <laughs> ran over she's like really confident like oh i think i know what it is and then she's like <laughs> and got right up to this rack i was like ah oh, better not because oh what if it comes out wrong and i just sound like an idiot <laughs> So maybe that's all of us. She she was she wanted to be helpful. She she okay. had you. If, that's that's the optimistic thinking. I'll, I'll I'll stick with that. Right. She was like, next up five. She's probably like, you know what, five hundred. I'm stepping in no matter what. I'm gonna. <laughs> we're gonna make we're gonna make this happen, bro. This is going on the Instagram for sure. Uh, when you're over in Japan though, like so, like obviously when you're doing the tours, it's all you know, get on the bus, get off the bus. Um, but outside of that, did you find like Japan pretty easy to navigate? Even though like. I mean, obviously you don't speak the language or anything like that. Is it still pretty easy to like get around and like, if you want to go get something to eat, is like still pretty easy to do. Well, we were, we were in a pretty populated like area. So it was like, there was, you know, walking distance. There was a lot of restaurants. There's like seven 11s and you know, Lawson's, which is basically like a convenience store. Those are everywhere. Um, so like getting something to eat was never much of a problem. The gym was within walking distance. Um, but I, I definitely like, I, I was lucky too, because, um, you know, there was like a lot of sponsors, which are basically like fans who come pick you up and like take you out and like take you to do stuff or take you to dinner. Uh, that happened a lot. Um, but there was like a couple of times we took the train somewhere and I was very nervous about it. Cause I did not feel comfortable like navigating. I remember one day I always walked to the gym with, uh, my friend. Um, and then one day I went by myself and I got lost <laughs> And it took me forever to figure out where I was because I only had phone service if I was on like Wi-Fi. So I was, I was walking for probably two hours and finally just ended up back at the hotel. I was like, that sucked. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it was easy, but 
I, I managed to survive. You didn't get kidnapped. I did not get kidnapped. I think I'd be, I don't even know if I could be thrown into like the trunk of a Japanese car. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to cut him up first and then throw him in. We're going to do it backwards on this one, guys. Get, get the other car. Yeah. <laughs> we were just going to cut off the pinky, but we're going we to take at least a leg if we're going to cram this guy in here. <laughs> but yeah, because um, what's so funny, I feel like when you're like in a, a different country is that you don't realize if you're in like a good part of town or a bad part of town oh, until yeah. you're physically in there. Whereas I feel like in America, you could almost just you just know. Like if somebody re- like talks about like a major city and they go like, oh, like, yeah, Portland's cool. And there's like East Portland, like the fact they differentiate it by the direction. You're like, oh, that's the shitty part. But yeah, overseas, it's like, you don't you don't know. You just walk in there. You're yeah. like, oh, this this feels really bad. Yeah, you have no clue. You're just like you, you're just hoping for the best. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's absolutely fingers crossed. Well, so we're getting pretty close to time. Um so where can people find you online if they want to support you buy your t-shirts or just harass you on social media? <laughs> I'm at Alex Hammerstone on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I uh, like to think I have a very interactive Twitter. I really try to like, if you're tweeting at me all the time, I try to like, you know, engage with you and make you feel welcome. Uh, besides that, Alexander Hammerstone on Facebook. You can search me on Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, I have a store. MLW also has a store with lots of different designs for me. Um, my OnlyFans is uh, no, I don't, I don't go that route. Um, I, I think that basically covers it um, for the for the social needs. Sweet, and, and if people do find you on Twitter, I, you love being told that you're you're not that big or that they're bigger than you. So if you think you're bigger than him, please tweet him and tell him how much bigger you are. And that you you've know, been lifting not, for 20 years. There's not a lot of ways to get blocked, but you're, you're barking up that tree. <laughs> yeah, I just saw like that tweet. Was it like it was yesterday? And some guy was like, what was he saying? Like, you, like basically that he'd been lifting longer than you and he was bigger but, than you. And like, no, what was funny was, um, so I don't go out of, I never go out of my way to to talk about that I'm not on steroids or to brag about being natural or anything like that. I never say that. And if it's anything, I often joke about the opposite. Um, so I'm not sitting there, but I, I, I do have a lot of fans who like to come to my defense. And so I post a picture. It was basically a transformation um, of 10 years and someone put commented and it was like, no steroids versus lots of steroids. And someone commented back at him basically being like, wow, typical comment from someone who doesn't even understand the hard work that went into this or whatever, you know, just kind of like saying like, man, like regardless of what was involved, like your comments pretty, pretty ignorant because it is, you know? Um, But that wasn't me. I didn't say that somebody else said it. And he was like, "Uh, actually, I I'm six four, two hundred eighty pounds, and I've been taking steroids for years. I know what goes into this, and blah blah blah. And he kind of went off, and I jokingly responded to him, and I was like, "I'm calling bullshit because I don't think anyone would be six four, using tons of gear and get up to two hundred eighty pounds without even posting a picture of themselves flexing." LOL, um, because he didn't have any pictures on his whole page, you know, and it's like listen, man, I'm not going to run steroids for years, get up to 280 pounds and not even post about it, right? So I was posting that. My, that was my response. And then he obviously didn't understand the the sarcasm and humor in my tweet. Um, and he went off <laughs> posting a picture of himself where he looked like he had never touched a weight in his life. <laughs> and I was like, I don't understand what you're bragging about here. Yeah, it was like some, yeah, the photo he posted, it was like, your love handles come out as far as your lats, man. Like, I don't know, I don't know who you're trying to impress Super with this bizarre. photo. Like, that's, that, that's the thing. Like, I'm like, you you wonder, like, I, you know, you see a lot of delusion, like, in wrestling and stuff and on the internet. And you just like, it's one thing when you're not sitting there, like, when you're, when you're keeping to yourself and you're behind the keyboard and you're just saying these things. But then he went and he posted the picture. And I'm like, listen, dude, like, you know, you, you can side by side that with the picture I posted and you can't, there's, there's not a disconnect here where like, you're not seen like, but I guess in his head, like, 
man, he's he's just the man. Then he went on he went on to accuse me of being five foot seven, which I mean, sure. <laughs> I mean, <sighs> some people, man. Yeah, but that's you know that's part of like we we get frustrated with those people, but then we realize they're one of the most entertaining parts of Twitter. So. But cool, man. I appreciate you taking time out to do the podcast. Hell yeah, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me, bro. Yo, just want to thank Alexander Hamiston one more time for doing the podcast. Absolutely appreciate it. If you want to stalk me on social media, you can find me on Twitter at RealEthanHD, on Instagram, EthanHD312. Uh, That being said, Happy New Year to all of you. I hope it is way better than last year. Um, Almost by default, it has to be. Um, And yeah, thanks for listening. Peace.